Napa know-how. Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. This is the Alliance Guys podcast on Blog Talk Radio for Alliance-Wrestling.com. That's right. This is the Alliance Guys podcast, a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com with the All Like Wrestling Radio Network. I'm your host, Jay Cow. Along with me are the, the, the top princes of wrestling commentary, None other than DKM and Jaden. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you. That means we're two princes, princes that adore you, right? Uh, okay. Suddenly I got a doctor song going through my head. <laughs> he got it. I was going for uh, Queen, princes of the, Prince of the Universe. Anyways, uh, we're going to be joined momentarily by our guest, the Vanilla Gorilla, probably my favorite... Uh, Godzilla. I'm sorry, I misspoke. The Vanilla Godzilla, I apologize. My favorite nickname in, in pro wrestling right now, and I screwed it up. He'll be joining us momentarily. Uh, of course, that is Jack Jax Dane. He is the current NWA uh, branded outlaw wrestling heavyweight champion, former NWA Lone Star uh, heavyweight champion, and uh, really just kind of making a name for himself within the NWA in Texas and, and beyond. Uh, last night he even competed at the uh, NWA Saw, which really was like a an all star show last night. Very big show. I uh, had a rematch between uh, NWA World Heavyweight Champion Rob Conway and <clears throat> excuse me, can't talk now though. Of course I'm talking. Uh, Chase Stevens, which last time they met was in a thirty minute draw. And last night, Conway picked up the victory. And I don't know if, if uh, a lot of our listeners are familiar with Chase Stevens, although uh, we talk about him quite a bit. Former uh, NWA Tag Team Champion as part of the Naturals. Also uh, was involved with the Wrestling Cares Tournament Race for the Ring. Uh, I got to see Chase Stevens live recently up and close and personal against Johnny Gargano and uh, really had a stellar match. Uh, Chase Stevens is one of the guys that I think uh, – it would do the NWA a lot of good to kind of put some faith into a guy like Chase Stevens and, you know, make sure that he is, stays in that world title hunt because he's certainly a talented performer, has a great look, has great uh, ability in the ring, and, and somebody I think that the NWA could get behind. I once suggested to the National Wrestling Alliance when it was um, different people running it that they should give the opportunities for the tag titles to Chase Stevens and another former NWA World Tag Team Champion in uh, Christian York. I, they were just recently teaming, and I thought they made such an excellent tag team. They really gelled very well together. And now that Christian York is no longer with TNA, maybe somebody, even though now that I'm suggesting it, it probably will never happen, but maybe somebody will uh, see them as getting maybe an opportunity at the Tag Team Champions of Lance Hoyt and Davey Boy Smith Jr., that would be exciting. Um, but before we talk any more about that, 
again, I want to bring on our guest here, uh, Vanilla Godzilla, not to be confused with the Vanilla Gorilla, as I previously stated. I'm talking about Jack Dane, a man who's making his own way in the NWA, making his own opportunity. Like I said earlier, he is the NWA branded outlaw heavyweight champion, and I'm having trouble bringing him on, but I think he's here with us now. Jax, are you there? I'm here. Hello. Welcome to the show. This is the Alliance, guys. Uh, Jaden, DKM, and myself. How are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm fantastic. How are you guys? Doing well, doing well. Uh, first of all, we were talking briefly about your debut last night for uh, NWA Saw. What can you tell us about uh, working the crowd at the uh, NWA Sawmill, and, and what are your thoughts on the promotion? Fantastic time. It was my first time in Nashville. and I actually grew up in Chattanooga or Sunny Daisy. So being back, I guess, um, in Tennessee and wrestling here was fantastic. The crowd at the sawmill was, was amazing. It's a really nice venue once you get in the building. Uh, the setup's really nice. The guys that run the show are fantastic. It was just a positive experience talked about it. Now, who did you face off against last night? Oh, I wrestled um, Justin. Um, I, I wrestled a gentleman named Justin, and then I wrestled uh, for the second TV taping, the Orange Crush, and then I had a a confrontation with Hot Rod Biggs a couple times during the show. So it was it was a pretty fun night, and uh, I had a really good time. So last night's taping will just air on uh, for the Saws programming throughout the month? Yes, sir. I think the next three weeks is what we got got in the can last night. That's real good. Now let's talk a little bit about your uh, your recent uh, – well, I'm going to call it a robbery. Um, last Saturday uh, you were defending the NWA Lone Star Heavyweight Championship, and Byron Wilcott somehow managed to walk away with the belt. Let's tell us a little bit what happened. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call it a robbery. You know, Byron is unbelievably talented individual. He's a very, very good wrestler, great competitor. And, and the thing that makes Byron, that separates Byron from a lot of guys, is Byron is an opportunist, and he'll do whatever it takes to win a title at any time. Uh, early in the night, I got distracted with Byron's box that he brings to the ring that is, you know, it's a, it's a pretty good deal. I got distracted with it, and he caught me with the shake weight early in the night. Um, and he and Cowboy Claxton wrestled probably four or five minutes while I was trying to recover. I worked my way back into the ring, hit Byron with the spear, hit him with the rock bottom, and to his credit, and I thought that was it. I thought we were done, and he was able to kick out of the rock bottom. And to be honest, that's that's the first time anybody's kicked out of that in two years, and he managed to make that happen. So... You know, kudos to him for being able to, to fight through that. Uh, then I worked myself back to my feet, got him in it again, uh, collapsed, and then was able to recover because he'd been on the outside. He caught me from behind, and then out of nowhere, man, I took a spine buster and, and in his big boot. And from there, I'll be honest with you, I don't really remember. So you can call it a robbery, and, and maybe if it was a robbery, maybe Byron stole it from Claxton because once Claxton hit me with the boot, I can't tell you what happened after that. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, Claxton has a rightful gripe to that title because when I went back and watched the tape, 
you know, the the ref had been, we had crushed the ref on a splash where I couldn't see him. And then after that, I'm pretty sure, if I remember right, Claxton probably could have had a 10 count, 12 count. I mean, I was, I was done. And I want to give him credit for putting me in that position, man. I mean, he's a big, strong kid, and he caught me with his finisher. And when somebody of that size catches you, it's, um, you know, it's any given night. So if anybody got robbed, I'd probably say it was Claxton because what I saw in film after that is, you know, Claxton went to get the ref. When he turned around, Byron caught him with the shake weight and made the cover, and I couldn't get my bangs enough to break that up. So, you know, maybe it was a robbery, but I'll be honest, Byron didn't steal it from me, man. He stole it from Claxton. Now, Jack, for people who aren't familiar with you, uh, how long have you been involved with wrestling? You talked about how you grew up there in Tennessee. So, you know, when did you first become a fan? Oh, man. I mean, I'm like every little kid in the world, I guess, and that grew up in the 80s and, you know, and into the 90s. It was such a part of our culture when we were children that you just become a fan, man. I mean, it's what's on TV, Saturday night's main event. You know, every third Saturday of the month was, was all I could get on TV. And then occasionally once we um, we got to cable, I could see my world championship wrestling. And, I mean, you know, I'm like everybody else. Uh, my favorite wrestler growing up was Doug Furness. I was a huge Doug Furness fan. Uh, and then as I got more more exposed to the WWF and and that product, I guess, you know, I was a big King Kong Bundy fan when I was a kid. I really liked King Kong Bundy as much as you were probably not supposed to. Like everyone else, <laughs> I liked Hogan as a kid. I mean, it was... You know, I'm just like everybody else when it comes to being a fan, and I still at times catch myself, man, there's certain guys that work certain shows on certain cards that I'll peek through the curtain because I'm watching it as, as a fan or as much of a fan as I can. You know, I'm like everybody else, man. I love the sport. I love the entertainment, and uh, I catch myself still being a fan quite a bit. Well, it sounds like that would be a big advantage in this day and age, still be a fan, still go out there and – and watch from a fan perspective. So, how did yeah, you actually? I, I like it. Go ahead. You know, I, I do. I, I do still enjoy it. I mean, you know, obviously it's what I do for a living as well. But you know, I people say, "Well, how can you be a fan and, and be a wrestler?" And I think to myself, "Well, you think Michael Jordan doesn't like watching basketball? I think LeBron James doesn't like to watch a game?" And those guys are the best in the world, and if, if they can still watch their sport and enjoy it as a fan, I don't see why we can as well. Well, I'd agree. I think there are advantages to it. So how did the how did the transition happen? How did you go from being just a fan to actually thinking, hey, this is something I'd like to do? Well, I, I was an athlete in high school. I played basketball and, and was actually pretty decent at it. Went to college and played in college. And then after college, I played with a travel team that traveled a little bit internationally. And, you know, like every basketball player that plays in college, you have dreams of playing professionally either overseas or in the NBA or the CBA at the time. And that just wasn't in the cards for me. I mean, it, I tried to make it happen, and I worked very hard at it. And, and to just be quite frank, I wasn't good enough. I mean, you know, sometimes you got to face the fact. I had a great college career. Education was paid for. 
got my education. Uh, then once the basketball dream had kind of, I don't want to say died, but gone into a reality, uh, I started working a normal job like everybody else does. You know, you get your degree and it's the steps that you take and what have you. And then um, I, my roommate in college, his dad at the time was the head cameraman for the WWE. So I'd had some conversations with him back during college that, man, if, if I ever got, if I ever wanted an opportunity, he'd be willing to help and put me in touch with the right people. So I had a real bad day at work one day, and I thought, man, it's time to transition. I love wrestling. I love the sport. I love watching it. Let me go see how to become that. So I made the call to him, and he made a couple phone calls. Two weeks later, I was at Ohio Valley Wrestling, uh, going through a workout with Tom Pritchard and Rip Rogers. And for the first time I stepped into the ring, uh, I was in love. And you just... I got an invitation to, after the workout, I spent three or four days there. I got an invitation to come back, to move to Louisville and to work for Ohio Valley Wrestling and be trained by Nick Dinsmore and Rip Rogers and Frank Miller and those guys. And and I took that opportunity and moved all my stuff to Louisville, Kentucky, and dug in like most guys do. So then... When you when you got your start, how did you end up transitioning yourself down to Texas? Well, I worked for Ohio Valley Wrestling for about three, maybe four years. Uh, didn't have a lot of matches, but got a lot of training, man, and really dug in with Rip and Nick and those guys, really trying to understand what I was doing. And uh, I guess... Right when things were starting to take hold for me or I felt like I was actually starting to make some progress and get a grasp and and really starting to maybe be noticed a little bit, my mother was diagnosed with small cell lung cancer. Uh, She was still living in Tennessee with my father. And once she was diagnosed with small cell lung cancer, I'm like everybody else, man. I went online and I dug into, you know, what is this? What is she facing? What is she doing? What's the expectancy, like like all of us would do. And when I read, you know, what the what the outcome was probably going to be, I decided it would be my best interest to pack up everything that I got, move to Tennessee, and spend as much time with my mom as I could. Uh, so that's what I did. I moved back to Tennessee. I got a normal, everyday, nine-to-five job, like everybody in the professional world does. And I was just there to support my mom through chemotherapy and her radiation and, and all of her battles that, that she had to go through. Fortunately, it was the best decision I ever made. Uh, my professional career took off. My mother is still alive, and she's healthy, and it's seven, eight years later now. So that's a decision that I don't regret at all, is leaving Ohio Valley Wrestling when things were starting to take hold. So my professional career moved me out to Texas for my normal nine-to-five job. And then once I got to Texas, I really started missing wrestling again. My mother and father are healthy. Everything's in order. So I decided, I guess about three years ago now, that I wanted to really start trying to chase the dream again. And so that's how I got out to Texas, and that's how I ended up. I didn't move to Texas to wrestle out there. I moved out there because it was a life path. And then once I got there, man, I really started missing lacing on my boots. So I started doing some 
research and found some companies to start working for and made some phone calls and got back in the ring, and we are where we are today. So who did you start wrestling for here in Texas? Uh, my first promotion that I started for in Texas was uh, a promotion in San Antonio, really, really small, uh, probably uh, it's called River City Wrestling, uh, really small wrestling in a really small venue. Uh, the guys on the roster were fantastic guys. Uh, I had a small following out with those guys and then was fortunate to get hooked up with the guys at the NWA. Now, when you've been out of wrestling for uh, however many years you're out, four years or so, and you're in your professional career, like you said, and you come, how do you get back into wrestling? I mean, you just call a promoter and say, hey, I used to wrestle. I mean, maybe you have to get back in. Well, and that's a great question, man. Fortunately for myself, God blessed me with being six foot four and 290 pounds. So when you can call a local independent promoter and you can say, hey, I was trained at Ohio Valley under Rip Rogers and Tom Pritchard and Frank Miller and those guys and Nick Dinsmore, and oh, yeah, by the way, I'm 6'4 and I weigh 290 pounds. Can I come work out for you and see if there's a spot? Most of the independent guys are happy when that phone call comes. Now, once you get there, you got to handle yourself, and you you know you've got to be able to to entertain the fans and and do what's asked of you. But getting back into it, you just you know, with social media now and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, you can find out who's who's running wrestling shows and who's wrestling and where the shows are. You know, it's not it's probably not near as challenging as it was ten years ago when you really didn't have all the social media to give you all the information that you have today. So. Being able to chase down wrestling shows and promoters in a state like Texas wasn't, you know, wasn't extremely difficult. Who teamed you up with uh, Raymond Rowe, and how did Path of Resistance get started? Uh, well, we had just started work, or we had just gotten them. Um, I had visited NWA in Houston. And Ray and I had worked together at the promotion that I started for in Houston. He and I had worked together out there, Um, not as a tag team, but on the roster. And and Ray is one of my – Ray and Rob Conway are my two closest personal friends in the wrestling business, leaps and bounds. Once wrestling is gone from our lives, we'll still be great friends forever. So Ray and I were really, really close, and he was working for the competing – organization in San Antonio um, that, and I was working for Branded Outlaw Wrestling. Ray and I decided that we wanted to try to work together some, but we couldn't work together in San Antonio because it's pretty touchy there. And So we said, well, let's try to get in over at Houston and just see if they've got a spot for us. And, you know, we went and met with those guys over there, hit it off pretty well, and the next thing you know, the path of resistance was, was put together and Man, it's a fun tag team to work with. I really love wrestling with Ray. I really have a good time wrestling as the path of resistance. And I think we're just, you know, if we do come back together full force, I think we're just scratching the surface on what we'll be able to accomplish uh, in Texas for sure and maybe even nationally. Now, the two of you held the Lone Star Tag Team titles. And 
you had some battles with uh, with uh, Kings of the Underground, Scott Summers and Ryan Genesis. What can you tell us about that feud? Oh, man, that feud was pretty intense. Uh, I mean, that was the feud in Texas that the fans were asking for. That's what people wanted to see. Uh, we also feuded over, had a feud over in Branded Outlaw as well, uh, which Schnitzky got involved with, and Jacob Plissken was involved in that feud over there because it turned into a six-man, and, and we had a great time over there, pretty intense. But, you know, Scott and Ryan, they're unbelievable competitors. And the the way they present themselves, man, they're walking, talking rock stars every day of their life. The kings of the underground, it's funny, people say all the time, what's your gimmick or what's their gimmick or uh, the Kings of the Underground isn't a gimmick. That's them every day of their life, 24 hours a day. Um, and on top of that, they're fantastic wrestlers. So once you were able to get us all four in the ring, all almost Summers and Genesis, I mean, Summers and Ray Rowe are really similar on a lot of levels, but they're really different as well. I know that may sound strange. But once you got us all four in the ring, man, that was some of the most fun I've had wrestling, most intense wrestling I've had since I've been wrestling. It, it was a fantastic game. Now, of course, they would go on to win the World Tag Team Championship there. And uh, I know you and Ray are looking at getting back together some as a tag team now. So... Are you guys looking at the World Tag Team titles currently held by the Killer Elite Squad? Oh, man. I mean, if if, if we reconvene, I mean, you, you don't you don't wrestle to be number two. So if we reconvene, absolutely, man. That, um, that will be the goal in mind is to wrestle Aryan Lamp. There's a lot of great tag teams out there, man. There's a lot of great tag teams, but I'll, I'll be honest with you, Going after Herring and Lance would be, I think we match up pretty well with them. Uh, it, it would be a, I would welcome the opportunity to wrestle the Killer Elite Squad for the NWA World Title. And I feel like we'd have a fairly good chance at winning. Now, another tag team that's out there in the NWA right now, they're not based out of Texas, but they're people who you've at least met and wrestled against one, is uh, the Lords of Chaos, which is Damian Wayne former North American heavyweight champion, former national heavyweight champion, claims to be the uncrowned world heavyweight champion. And he's teaming up with the Canadian Lion, Lance Erickson, who's a long-reigning Mountain State heavyweight champion. Uh, What can you tell us about those two and and maybe getting in the ring against them? Getting in the ring against them would be a fantastic opportunity. I mean... You know, Damian Wayne is by far, in my eyes, one of the most respected wrestlers in the world today. I have a lot of respect for Damian Wayne as a person and as a wrestler. Uh, Lance Erickson and I have tangled. He's a very strong individual. I think he compliments Damian Wayne in almost the same way that, that I compliment Ray Rowe in a sense that you have with Ray and Damian, you've got two guys that are fairly technically solid. 
that are pretty intense and can brawl. And then with myself and Erickson, you got two of the bigger guys in the NWA that, that I guess you'd say drop the hammer, man. I mean, that's what our job would be in the tag team is to be the hammer. So, uh, I mean, we'd, I'd say we'd match up pretty close to, to dead even and just see where the cards fall. Now, I mentioned that Wayne is a, you know, former North American champion, former national champion. And so anyone who's trying to build their way up into the National Wrestling Alliance, obviously those titles have to be on their radar. So what are your thoughts on the current national heavyweight champion, Bordell Walker, and the current North American heavyweight champion and former world heavyweight champion, Cahagas? Um, You know, I've got limited experience with both of them. I actually shared a locker room last night with Bordell and, in Nashville, the first time I've, I've met him and the first time that I've actually seen him wrestle in person. Um, I like I like Wardell a lot. I think he is a fantastic wrestler as well. I think he carries the national title well. I think he's a good champion, if not a great champion. And, uh, you know, if the opportunity presents itself to wrestle Wardell for the national title, I would welcome that and you know, I I like my chances in that matchup. And the same with Cahagas. I think the matchup with myself and Cahagas would probably be beneficial for me because Cahagas likes to brawl, and that's the way I like to wrestle as well. So I think that would probably be a better matchup for me. But Cahagas is a tough dude, man. When him and Conway wrestled for the world title at Brandon Outlaw, that guy proved to me that he can wrestle or fight basically anybody, anywhere, anytime. And he's got, I mean, he's got a great chance to win. I mean, he is a tough dude. You can't keep him down. And he's pretty vicious with his kicks and his chops. I mean, you guys know him as well as I do. He's good at what he does. So, you know, like for me, I, I like that matchup for myself because our styles are so similar. Think of it like this, though. The Japanese have really never had much luck against Godzilla. Well, I like the way that sounds. <laughs> now, oh, I like the way that sounds. At, at Brand, Brandon Outlaw recently, Adam Pierce came in to wrestle a match. And I believe you made some comments on Facebook about uh, meeting him. What was that experience like, and what was your opinion of Pierce? Um, you know, Adam is Adam is a five-time NWA world champion. Adam was a really good NWA world champion. I have a ton of respect for Adam Pierce and what he's accomplished in the business without ever actually working for one of the major companies. He did a very good job of being a marketable, NWA world champion. He carried that title well. I um, I like Adam a lot personally, on a personal level. He and I are really good friends. Uh, but when we lace them up to wrestle each other, we put that friendship aside. And as a matter of fact, I guess probably two weeks ago, three weeks ago maybe, he left me hanging on an apron in a tag match. So, you know, he's going to do in the ring what's best for Adam Pierce, And I can't say I blame him. I think that's what we should all do. We all try to protect ourselves. But um, I have a ton of respect for Adam. 
he came to Branded Outlaw Wrestling, which I, I feel like Branded Outlaw Wrestling is mine because I'm the heavyweight champion there. He wrestled Funaki. He beat Funaki. And he left Branded Outlaw Wrestling a better place than he found it. And that's all you can ask of a guy. So I have a lot of respect for Adam in that in that regard. Speaking of Branded Outlaw, I believe you have an upcoming title defense against uh, another one of Texas' favorite sons, uh, Charlie Hast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to date, I've, I've had some fantastic competition at Branded Outlaw Wrestling, man, and NWA Houston as well. But this one probably scares me more than any of them as far as keeping keeping the belt mine. I mean, I like my chances. I always think I'm going to win when I climb into the ring. I mean, that's what we do. But Charlie Oz is a little bit different animal than anybody I've ever wrestled because he's not quite as big as I am, but he's big enough, and he's technically unbelievable. He's a former world champion at every company that he's ever worked at. Um, You know, I really like the matchup with Charlie. I really am glad that I'm getting an opportunity to wrestle him to kind of gauge where I'm at on the Richter scale, I guess you'd call it. I mean, I want to know where I, where I fall. Um, and I can tell you this, when I beat Charlie Haas, I'm going to be pressing for a world title shot. That's, once, I, once I beat Charlie, I think it's time to to press for a world title shot. I mean... Conway and I are really close friends, but if he would, if he and Mr. Tharp would award me a world title shot after I beat Charlie, that would be the goal in mind. Well, that's actually a very good segue here because the night that Rob Conway beat Cahagas for the world heavyweight title, he had actually earlier in the evening awarded you the title shot. And then, of course, uh, apparently some of your not biggest fans, uh, managed to take out your ankle on that particular evening. You asked, uh, you asked Mr. Conway to fill in for you. He won the title. Two of you stayed close. I believe you went with him to Japan. What was that like? Oh, Japan was fantastic, man. I mean, we up the plane, flew 13 hours. Rob wrestled Kojima in front of a sold-out crowd. You know, I don't wanna you know, I don't wanna kinda of buffalo the numbers. It's, it's, the place was sold out and I heard that you know, the place seats anywhere from seventy five hundred to ninety five hundred, depending on who you ask. So somewhere in that range. Uh he defended the title against the Kojima in front of a packed house. I was fortunate enough to be ringside, get my hands on Kojima a couple of times and um we came back victorious and successful. And I guess as NWA fans, that's all you can ask for when you send your guys over is to be successful and come back with the belt. And that's what we did. Now, as a student and a fan of the of the sport, like we had talked about earlier, what was it like to be able to witness uh, and be a part of the Japanese style of wrestling, the Japanese fans, and being, even if it's at the small end, let's say, 7,000, being in front of 7,000 fans, that's not something a lot of independent wrestlers in the United States, you know, can say. 
absolutely. Well, uh, like I said, it was a great experience, man, to to be in their locker room, to be in their venue. I mean, we were at the sumo hall, and it's where they have all of the major sumo wrestling events, and all of the former grand champions were hanging in the rafters, you know, pictures, and just unbelievable experience and trying to separate from being a fan and going over there to do a job as well. Uh, it was a super experience. The Japanese guys at New Japan treated us fantastic while we were there. Um, they gave us an opportunity to come in, defend our belt, and that's what we did. I mean, it was wrestling in front of 7,500, let's say, people. It was a great experience for me. That was the biggest crowd I'd personally ever been in front of. And it felt natural, and it felt good, and it felt fun, and I can't wait to do it again. Well, I hope you get the chance to go back. So moving back to Rob Conway, you mentioned that, you know, if you beat Hash, you feel you feel like you should be in line for a title shot. I'm certainly not going to argue with you. What kind of match do you think you and Rob Conway could put on? I think it'd be a war. I mean, obviously, size and strength um, would be in my advantage, but Rob's a, the NWA world champion, he, which to me means, as far as I'm concerned, he's the best in the world. And I don't think there's anything that I could do out there that he wouldn't know was coming. I mean, I'd really have to maybe try to think of a little bit of a different strategy than what I normally approach because he's going to know exactly what's coming and probably when it's coming. It's just going to be the – it's almost, for a lack of better comparisons, and I almost hate this comparison, but it's, it's almost Lesnar-Couture with Couture having a much bigger advantage than he probably would have had in the real fight. Uh, it's just does my size and strength overpower his ability to be the best in the world? That's what it would – I feel like it would boil down to. So, you know, I, I, I like, it's like I said earlier, I really like my chances every time I climb into the ring. But Rob Conway is a great world champion, and I would just appreciate the opportunity to compete against him, and hopefully I would come out with the belt. Now, sometimes in wrestling, when friends start wrestling each other, especially with title on the line, some hard feelings can develop. Do you have any worries of your battle becoming a heated feud? Um, not like an angry heated feud. I mean, obviously we like to compete against one another. I mean, if you recall in December, Ray Rowe and I wrestled for the BOW heavyweight title. And that was a, was kind of an awkward spot to be in because, you know, he's one of my best friends as well. And, you know, we put our friendship aside. We went out there and we beat each other up. I was fortunate enough to come out victorious. And we went backstage and shook each other's hand and said thank you for the opportunity. Uh, so I feel like mine and Rob's would be almost the exact same way. You'd go out there, you'd fight your heart out, and whoever wins, wins, and I don't think there'd be any shortcuts taken anywhere. I think it'd just be a battle, and, and somebody'd come out on top, and we'd shake hands and go back to doing business as usual. 
Hey, now, champ, I know uh, being a branded outlaw champion is, is uh, something to be very proud of and that you defend the title with honor and dignity whenever you step in the ring. Who have been some of your toughest opponents for that championship belt, and who in the future would you like to see maybe challenge you for that opportunity to, to wrestle uh, for that championship title? Oh, that's, that's a great question, man. As far as def- defending the belt, I mean, obviously, Dreamer was was a battle for me just because he pushed me out of my comfort zone. I mean, we we had his match. We had a hardcore match, and you know, so that that was a that was a hard fought battle. Um, I guess a couple months ago, maybe a month and a half ago, I wrestled Hoyt and Rob Terry in a three way for the title. And that was, you know, those are two big boys there. Uh, earlier in Branded Outlaw, I wrestled Gene Smithkey, and that was probably. It was just a street fight. We beat each other up, and that was that was a good deal. Uh, again, Haas is going to. I think Haas is my biggest test that I'll ever had since I became a champ. I think he's. I mean, you you guys know how well decorated he is. You guys know what kind of size and strength and technique and technical. And he's on. I mean, he's got the full package. So I really want to see where I fall on that. And then at BOW, Branded Outlaw, there's a couple guys there that are really making some noise, man. Claxton. Byron has come on board at Branded Outlaw Wrestling as well. So I know he's going to want to push for a title shot, uh, which I'll gladly give Byron a title shot. Uh, we had a new guy added to the roster that's been off, been work, been work, not been working much. That's about 6'4 and probably 320 pounds. His name is Keith Lee. Um, I think he's gonna he's going to excite some people. Um, Yule Hubbard, who tra- is trained by Booker T, uh, that works for us at NWA in Houston and NWA in San Antonio at Branded Outlaw, he's a big monster. And then you know Summers and Genesis may end up pushing for. I mean, uh, I want to fight them all. I mean, I want to wrestle everybody. So at the end of my BOW run, I can say, man, I defended the title. I defended it, like you said, with dignity. I didn't dodge anybody. I wrestled anybody, anytime, and I came out on top. And that's, you know, that's, um, that's kind of how I feel about it. Now, you, Charlie Haas is going to be your opponent, and like you said, that's, that's going to be quite a test. Um, I've actually had Charlie Haas on this podcast uh, a couple years ago, and uh, this was in preparation of a world championship bout he had with Adam Pierce, and and Charlie Haas is the real deal. And although uh, he kind of soured on the NWA many many moons ago, it, it seems like this opportunity uh, you're going to be stepping into the ring with a reinvigorated Charlie Haas. He's he walked away from Ring of Honor. He's kind of changed his goals and 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 you know being in Texas with Charlie Haas, it's going to be quite a tough bout. What are some of the things that you're looking for? In this match, I mean, what are some of the things that uh, maybe you're scouting on how you're going to uh, step into the ring with him? His endurance, man. That's that's the thing that that really that's the thing that really uh, not scares you. That's the thing that, that causes the most concern. His endurance and his ability to be strong enough and big enough and technical enough to put me into some positions that I probably haven't been put in before. 
And it's, it, my concern is how am I going to respond when I'm put in those positions? And, you know, like I said, I, I want to wrestle everybody. I want to know where I'm at. I want to know where do I rank on the ranking order of, you know, should I be here? And I believe that I do, and Wrestling Charlie is going to be, going to be the test to find out. The wild card in the whole deal is Jeremy Sage, who's the general manager. Seems like every time I have a match, he's throwing something at whether it's I have to wrestle somebody right before I wrestle Charlie or during the match he sticks his nose in the business. But, you know, other than, than him, I'm, I'm more concerned about Charlie's ability to come in and beat me because he has that ability. But I'm looking forward to see where I, you know, see where I stand. Now, now, now Jack, to... go ahead. I was just saying, you've been able to destroy all monsters there in Texas. Uh, I guess being the Vanilla Godzilla, it should come natural to you. Uh, to be honest, though, what is the king of the king of the mountain in Texas promotion? Like, what is the best Texas promotion you worked for, and why? Um, well, obviously, I'm I'm super partial to branded outlaw wrestling because that's where I'm the champion at. Uh, Branded Outlaw Wrestling and NWA Houston, they worked so closely together with almost the same roster running and back-to-back nights on Friday and Saturday nights. Um, You know, I I would almost say, and I don't want to discredit, there's there's a lot of good promotions in Texas. There's a lot of good NWA promotions in Texas. But, you know, I kind of think combining the Houston and BOW show in back-to-back nights, it's kind of like saying, hey, this is the deal. You know, if you're top of the food chain at either of those two shows, you're pretty much the top of the food chain in Texas. Well, we, we've seen you kind of branch out recently. Of course, last night, your debut in Saw. I've heard from uh, a couple of voices out there in uh, NWA Smoky Mountain that they're trying to, to bring you in, that they want to bring in uh, Vanilla Godzilla uh, what, what other promotions in the NWA have you spoken to about possibly bringing uh, yourself there? Uh, well, Smoky Mountain, uh, the Mid-Atlantic, the guy in West Virginia. I'm going to be going to Ohio pretty soon, two new promotions up there. Uh, so, you know, I'm starting to branch out some. It's, you know, if losing... If there is a blessing in losing a title, like I lost the Lone Star title, is that it frees me up from a responsibility to have to be there. Uh, so that gets, when you're the champion at a place, it's your responsibility to be there. So, you know, for the past almost year, between tag team champions and, and heavyweight champion, uh, I've been really tied to doing what's best for NWA Houston and NWA branded outlaw wrestling because being the champion just isn't showing up on the night of the show and wrestling. Being the champion means you've got to make appearances and you've got to go do autograph signings and you need to do some charity work and you need to be out and be seen and help promote and help market. And, you know, that that sometimes will restrict, restrict your schedule from traveling because, you know, I'd like to go to NWA Saw, but I really need, since I'm the champion at BOW, I really need to go out and do some legwork there for the fans there and the crowds there and the promoters there because it's my responsibility. You know, when they, when you win the belt, 
you're the flagship for that promotion, so your responsibility there really goes through the roof other than just having to show up and, and have matches and wrestle. So by not being the Lone Star champ, that's going to free me up some. Um, so hopefully I'll be able to get out and get on the road more. Man, I had a I had a really good response last night at NWA Saw. I mean, for it to be the first time that I was there, the crowd was really great to me, and I really appreciate it. I'm really thankful for how they treated me. And it just let me know that, man, I've got to get out. I've got to be seen more. And I've got to make a world title run at some point that makes sense. And that's what my main goal is, like everybody else. You want to be the top? You've got to get out. You've got to have people want to pay to see you wrestle. And to do that, you've got to go to these places. So that's my plan over the next six, eight months to a year. Now, Jax, I I love your uh, nickname, the Vanilla Godzilla. You're built like a a monster. You're, You're probably one of the biggest guys on the independent circuit today, I'm sure just putting your face on a poster and, and those biceps, you look like a killer man. And I, I got to wonder, have you seen anybody like yourself out on the Indies? Is there anyone close to, to your size and your, I mean, your power? I mean, you're, you're a huge dude. And I know that, you know, it takes a lot of hard work and dedication in the gym, but have you seen anybody in your area or anywhere really that's, that's built like you? Not that it's built like me, no. Uh, what I think, where I think I have a huge advantage is, is I am 6'4". I do weigh 290 pounds. It's probably more muscle than, than fat. It's, it's, I work hard. But where I have an advantage, I feel like, is that my size is I'm still a basketball player at heart. So I I still feel like at my size I'm more athletic than a lot of guys that may be my size or close to my size. But, yeah, there's some monsters out there, man, like Yule Hubbard in San Antonio. I mean, he's a legit 6'6", 330 pounds. Lance Erickson is a monster. Claxton is 6'6", probably 270. I mean, there's some really big guys out there. I just don't think that they – I don't think that they match the size and strength with the athletic ability that I do. And it basically just comes from the basketball background. I was a basketball player that put on a bunch of muscle. And I still have the basketball athletic ability because that's what I worked my entire life to be. Now, you talked earlier about how your size was able to help you get your start back in wrestling in Texas. But has it been any hindrance to you? You know, the, the indie world is full of a lot of, 200-pound heavyweight champions. So has there been any disadvantage to being this big? Um, Not in the Texas market it hasn't been because there's there's a good group of guys that are close to my size or my size. And then the flip side of that is the 200 to the 230-pound guys that we have in Texas are all super credible and really, really, really good. And they're all in shape. Um, they're all, I mean, it's its a great roster to be a part of in Texas. And I, I'm speaking of the whole state and all the NWA promotions. I mean, you've got Tim Storm up north. You know, he's really good. Mike Fox is good. Lance Hoyt. I mean, there's just, there, there's guys to compete against that, that can compete. And I can imagine that in some areas being, 
my size could be could make it difficult or challenging in in some aspects for promoters and so on and so forth. But in Texas, man, I think we've got enough big guys that we can do things that make sense. Uh, I mean, that's uh, it. Really, hasn't been a hindrance out here. That's for sure. Well, speaking of big guys, and we've kind of hinted at this, uh, talked around this a little bit, but uh, Brian Wilcox, you're talking about being champion. Brian Wilcox currently holds three NWA titles in Texas. He's the Texas Stampede yep. Bull Bloods champion, the NWA 360 champion, I believe, and the NWA Lone Star champion. Have the two of you ever met one-on-one? No, we, we've never had a one-on-one match. It's kind of funny. Uh, well, not funny, but Byron won the Lone Star title uh, Friday night by pinning James Claxton. By hitting James, by stealing a victory from, if you go back and watch the video, I really feel like James Claxton should be the Lone Star champion. James Claxton had me beat. He had me with my shoulders on the mat. There was just no rep to count. So I feel like he stole that victory from Claxton, but that's neither here nor there. The very next night, we wrestled in a six-man, and it was me and the Gulf Coast Connection versus Byron Claxton, Byron Wilcott, uh, Ricky Starks, and Yule Hubbard, and the stipulation of the match was whoever makes the pin is the new BOW champion. So anybody could have been the champion that night. I was basically defending the title in a six-man against five other people, although we were still on teams. I actually pinned Byron for the win that night. So I would like the opportunity to wrestle Byron one-on-one. Uh, he's a great champion. He's a big dude. You know, he's he's been there. He's He's just Byron's willing to do what nobody else is willing to do to keep the belt. So yeah, I'd love an opportunity to wrestle Byron one on one. That's for sure. And you know he's he's a legit six foot six and probably two hundred and fifty pounds, two fifty five probably. So he's a heavyweight champion. So what what do you got going for the rest of the weekend? Uh, where can fans come out and see you wrestle tonight? Oh, they can't see me tonight, man. I wrestled in Tennessee. They wrestled, I wrestled in Tennessee last night in Nashville. My mother and father live approximately 90 miles from Nashville, and I'm actually sitting in a traffic jam right now as I talk to you guys trying to get to their house. They're throwing a surprise cookout for me with all my family there, and, you know, I'm trying to get there, but slow going. So tonight is family night, man. It's been a long time since I've seen my mom and dad, so we're going to do that. Well, that that good for you. That's great making family uh, family time. I think that's really awesome. Um, we are going to wrap up the show here. Uh, I do want to thank you for your time. Uh, but what is your upcoming schedule? Where can fans come see you uh, wrestle next? Then. Well, I, I, we've got two shows coming up. August sixteenth and seventeenth um, will be the next time I, I get back in the ring. August sixteenth is NWA Houston. Uh, I think the main event on that card is actually going to be your collection versus Byron rematch. Uh, you know, the guys at NWA Houston, they asked me if I thought that was fair to have that rematch, and I endorsed it, man. I think Claxton deserves that rematch. Like I said, he had me beat. And then the next night, August 17th, NWA branded Outlaw Wrestling in San Antonio, 1103 Cincinnati Avenue, Woodlawn Gym. Dane versus Charlie Haas for the BOW title. That's, um, I, I, I think to date that'll be the biggest match of my career, and 
we're going to see where I, where I line up. You know, how good are you? So that's the next two times I'll be in the ring. And uh, just a few more questions, Champ. Uh, if someone wants to uh, follow you on the social media, how can they do it? At Zane on Twitter. Uh, my Instagram is Godzilla is real. And then Facebook is just Jack Zane on Facebook, the Jack Zane. That's the three best ways to follow me. And and then my last question for you is, has the uh, production started yet on the vanilla Godzilla t-shirts? Um, yes, they have. And, and two two things coming. I've got the got the new Godzilla t-shirt that's coming out. Uh, it'll be available at the Houston show, I believe. I'll have them in by then. But then I also uh, picked up a sponsor, and Jack Dane is going to have his own workout clothing line coming out pretty soon. It's going to be called Massive Aggressive Gear, and I want to plug that because that's coming real soon. I have our website up pretty quick, and and uh, it'll be a wrestling slash workout clothing uh, conglomerate, I guess you'd say, and that'll be rolling out probably in the next 90 days. So I'm, I'm really excited about that as well. So I have a national clothing brand, and then uh, then um, my Godzilla stuff will be coming too. So big things coming, man. So I guess uh, I guess everyone can stay tuned for uh, a lot of uh, interesting stuff from the branded outlaw champion. Again, Jax, we want to thank you for your time today. I do want to let you know I got a note from uh, Adam Pierce, who I guess must have been listening to the show or, or someone told him, but he said, I like Jax too. So uh, there's a lot of mutual respect here on the uh, Alliance Guys podcast, and uh, I just want to say uh, thanks for your time today. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. Thanks. And that was uh, Jax, that was Jax Dane, the branded outlaw champion. Uh, and in my in my esteemed opinion, future NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Do you guys agree? It's almost like you had some kind of power prognostication to see the future there, uh, there, Jake. I don't know. You know, and I I don't want to read too much into it, but it's obvious that the uh, you know the NWA front office uh, believe in Jack Stane. That's why he was in Japan kind of watching Rob Conway's back on the first uh first match when uh, Conway fought Kojima and uh you know Dane said it himself he wants to test himself against Charlie Haas and then and see if he's ready to defeat Charlie Haas and then kind of pursue the world champion. I think it'll be a great match personally. Uh him and, and Conway will probably steal the show whether it's in Texas or any of the other states the NWA's in. Yeah, I would agree. I, I I think if nothing else, we see the Dane has, you know, the dedication to uh, wrestle the top wrestlers here in the state, wrestle some well-known wrestlers in Charlie Haas types. And so if, as long as he keeps his current focus, his current path going, I certainly see a day coming when, you know, he could very easily win the world title. Uh you know, we'll wait and see. Saying it, predicting it, and winning it are different things. And there are a lot of people throughout history that, you know, we we thought would win titles and they've come up a little bit short. But I, I think Jack has 
I, he definitely has talent in the ring as somebody who's seen him. He definitely has the talent in the ring. So when when he gained a little more experience by wrestling the likes of Charlie Haas and Rob Conway, he, he could very well become the unstoppable monster like that all. Did we lose Jake? We may have lost, we lost Jack. Jake. <laughs> we got music playing, but I don't hear Jake. Well, we'll give Jay a couple more minutes to get back in because he's the one that has all the sponsorship information. Yes, like replica title belts. Yes. And, of course, the other shows that are on our Y'all Like Wrestling Network. So we're going to hold out for him to pop back on. Please pop back on, Jay. <laughs> I think he's having a wrestling match with the mute button again. You know, let me like that one show. Yeah, it happens from time to time. It's you know, technology is great except when it's not. Yes, of course. But make sure one sponsor I do want to recommend you check out is Replica Title Belts. Go to replicatitlebelts dot com. If you are one of those garbage promotions that use a replica of WWE, WCW, ECW, or one of those horrible toy belts, you know what? Get out of the business and make room for real wrestling promoters. So or what you can do is instead you can go to replicatitlebelts.com and give yourself a nice custom-made championship title so you can have a real championship and a professional company and not a backyard glorified backyard promotion. So go to replicatitlebelts.com, get yourself a custom belt, and it's going to cost you about the same price as those boy belts from WCW and the WWE. So do it and tell them the, the awesome folks at the Lion Skies sent you to them. So, DK, what do you have for this weekend while I'm waiting for Jay to come back? Oh, I have work. Uh, I spent the morning working in the yard. I, I don't care what workout anybody's done today. I don't care what training session anybody's done today. The two and a half hours I spent in my yard mowing, weed eating, weeding, and all that stuff, I got you all beat. <laughs> That's Especially that Texas heat, I'm sure it, it beat on you. Well, the heat's one thing. We're having an unusual July in that we're getting rain. Texas, which has been in a drought, and is still in a drought because the amount of rain we're getting is its the perfect type of rain for the yard. It's, That's right. I'm back. I'm back. Sorry, guys. I lost my Internet connection there, but I'm back. Uh, what did I miss? We were just giving you the secrets of life and how to make lots of money, but we can't repeat them as part of the deal. So you're going to have to listen to the archives. I can do that. Hey, guys, uh, again, sorry that uh, I was dropped off, but we do have a few people that we want to uh, want to thank. So uh, first off. And we also want to thank our sponsors. I want to thank uh, – Jason Flames, Tong Su Do University, uh, which is based here in Southern California in Moore Park. Um, if you would like to get more information on the Tang Su Do University, remember the telephone number is 805-530-0000. Uh, you can go to their website at tsdukarate.com or on Facebook, tsdukarate. Again, they had their summer pass, uh, $200 for all summer long for training. 
Um, make sure you visit their website for more details and information on that. Of course, of course, if you need a championship title made, please visit our friends over at replicatitlebelts.com. They can get a belt created for you with your own likeness, your own image, your own company brand, and it's great for collectors or it's great for fans. But if you're a promotion, they do high-quality work. You want to check them out. And, of course, this has been a presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. Professional wrestler Cole, Boom Boom Cabana, and you have typed in, and you are visiting Alliance-Wrestling.com. And then when you're done, go to WeLoveCole.com. That's my life. And then, of course, uh, I just wanted to talk about the Y'all Like Wrestling Radio Network again. Uh, we do several shows here at Y'all Like Wrestling Radio Network. If you like what we do here with the Alliance guys, make sure you check out uh, Vendetta Pro Radio. That covers the uh, wrestling promotion in Central Coast, California, Vendetta Pro. They do their shows Tuesdays at 8 p.m. There's Millennium Pro Radio. They do their shows Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Um, then also we have... Uh, Beyond the Kayfabe, Thursdays at 9, they recap what's going on on uh, Raw, SmackDown, Impact. And, of course, there's us every Saturday or every other Saturday at 10.30 a.m. We're on Facebook. You can also go to the website, www.blogtalkradio.com, forward slash y'all like wrestling. And real quick, a word from SoCal Uncensored. Ladies and gentlemen, SoCalUncensored.com, the uncensored voice in SoCal Wrestling since 2001, is the place for all the latest news, information, photos, upcoming events, show results, and celebrate the history of Southern California wrestling at www.SoCalUncensored.com. So for our guest, Mr. Jack Dane, uh, of course, uh, DKM did a hell of a job today. Jaden and myself, this is the Alliance guys. Please uh, visit our sponsors and check out the website, alliance-wrestling.com, and uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Thank you. We all have our mountains, the challenges that push us further. At Coors Light, our mountain is brewing the world's most refreshing beer. That's why all of our breweries cold lager to give Coors Light its signature crisp taste. It's why we cold filter to ensure brilliance and clarity. And it's why we package cold to seal in Coors Light's refreshing flavor. Because we believe every climb deserves a refreshing finish. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Great beer, great responsibility.